Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Dorinda Wilson Podcast. I am Dorinda Wilson. I'm married to Daryl. We have eight kids. We have six grandkids. And we have been homeschooling for over 24 years. So I can attest to the fact that in this homeschooling journey, there have been many, many times where my kids were driving me crazy. And... It's a hard thing to talk about with homeschoolers, right? It's one of those things where there's sort of like this stigma. Um, You don't want to tell another homeschooling mom that your kids are driving you crazy because that might lend itself to someone thinking you're doing something wrong or you're failing. And and then there's that piece where we don't want to share it with anyone who isn't homeschooling because I don't know about you, but I have gotten the strong feeling from others when I've said anything negative about my kids or about uh, homeschooling or frustrations in my day, I've gotten that look that is something like, uh, you made your bed, now you have to lay in it, right? You chose to homeschool, so you just have to deal with uh, the fallout from that. And you know, it really stinks. And so, Today, I just want to talk about this topic because, again, as I've said in many of my other podcasts, I think it's so important for us to be transparent, for us to be authentic, but I also feel like we shouldn't leave it there, just talking about the negative piece of it and the the hard pieces of it, but we need to encourage one another and spur one another on towards love and good works and to turn each other as Christian moms back to the word of God. What does God's word have to say about this? Because there is there are answers in God's word and there are people who have been walking this journey longer than us and they can give us some tools. And that's what I'm hoping to do today is to give you some tools, some reminders of things to bear in mind when you find yourself in that place where your kids are driving you insane. I've actually had visions of myself being locked up in a padded room with nothing else in the room and it actually sounded good. (laughs) So let's talk about this today. And we've talked about, you know, the, the reasons why we don't want to share it with other people for, for this reason or that reason, um, whether they're homeschoolers or not homeschoolers. Um, but I also want to talk about sort of the other piece of this. And that is, I know it's it's getting to be towards August and September and kids are going back to school. And on social media, I have seen these back to school memes with parents so relieved to have their kids back in school soon. And you know, it's like on the one hand, I get it. You really are longing for some time to yourself again. But on the other hand, what's really wrong with that picture? I think that through and I think we have just become a culture that abdicates so many of our parental rights and responsibilities to institutions. And I realize I'm digressing just a little bit here right now, but I really think this is a piece of the picture we need to keep in mind. Um, you know, we, we've abdicated uh, as a culture our education of our children to other people, to the institution, essentially. And with that has come some really uh, poor fruit. We are seeing that, and that's one of the reasons that we have chosen to homeschool. But there's also this 
other piece of it where we have advocated things like, um, abdicated things like our health and our kids' health to doctors. And I was just reading an article the other day that doctors are now, pediatricians are now being trained uh, towards gender fluidity. So now we're going to a doctor who is more than likely uh, going to have that part and parcel to his practice or her practice and to their perspective. And again, this is where as Christians, we are becoming the minority and we are becoming um, more and more sort of like outcasts. And I know that's Sounds kind of negative, but I think if we really think about it, the scripture says that in this world, we will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The scripture also talks about being holy, that we are a holy people. That means we are set apart. And what's happening is because of the direction that our culture is going, we are becoming, that's becoming more and more evident um, that we are needing to see ourselves as being set apart. We no longer live in a uh, Christian culture. It's it's a post-Christian culture. And so I guess what I want to talk about uh, today is that as homeschoolers, our hope is that by keeping our kids with us and home educating them, that we're being responsible Christian parents. But let's face it, we can find ourselves in that place where kids are driving us crazy. We love them, but sometimes we can't say that we really like them, at least not in the moment. So then what comes after that? Guilt, condemnation. We're supposed to be that homeschooling parent who wouldn't be happy to see our kids go off to school. And I think most of the time we do feel that. And even when we're having struggles, I know for me, I would have, you know, like visions of putting my kids on the school bus and immediately I knew that was not for us. That is not what God had for us. And in my heart of hearts, that's not what I really wanted for my kids. But I was feeling this desperation, you know, of kind of just not liking my kids and this guilt and this condemnation. But what Really what what I needed to do, and I think what we need to do as moms is to take some time to pray and think about what is really going on. Because you know, this whole idea of homeschooling our kids, it's not just about education. In our heart of hearts, we know that. And a lot of times that is the reason that we decided to start homeschooling is so that we could disciple our kids, but we sort of end up sort of inadvertently wandering away from that. And I talked about this in the last podcast. I talked about homeschooling performance or purpose. It's very easy to lose sight of our purpose and begin to strive for performance, which really comes down to comparisons. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, they do this testing. And really, what is testing? It is a comparison, of one child to another. And I'm not saying we should never test our kids. And I'm not saying that testing can't be helpful. But like I said in the last podcast, if that tool doesn't help us fulfill the purpose that we are homeschooling, then it's it's probably not something we need in the moment. 
it's not something we need right now. Now, there are times that testing actually does help us be more purposeful and intentional in our homeschooling. So I guess what I'm saying here is it's very important to remember why we're doing what we're doing. So back to the kids driving us crazy. Um, This is part of that piece. It's part of that process of understanding what's going on is taking the time to step back and ask ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, And to think about and pray about what is really going on when these kids are driving us insane, because there's always so much more than meets the eye. You know, over our 28 years of parenting and 24 years of homeschooling, I have found myself there, like I said, more than once. But I've also found that there are basically about three different reasons that I can be feeling this way. So I want to talk about these three different reasons. So the first one, first reason we might not be liking our kids at the moment, that we are could be because we are trying to do too much. We are overscheduled. We are overcommitted. One of the reasons that I wrote The Unhurried Homeschooler is that I saw so many families not enjoying their kids, so many homeschooling families not enjoying their kids. And the other day I shared a meme on um, Facebook, like an image meme, I don't even know what you call them. But I shared this on Facebook and I what I put on there was if we are so busy homeschooling that we aren't enjoying our kids, it's time to rethink our homeschooling approach and to rethink our priorities. And I really, really, truly believe that because when we're overscheduled and um, we and our kids are typically overtaxed, overtired, and just plain pooped mentally, physically, and emotionally. And this plays into how our homeschooling is going, how our parenting is going, how our children are doing. We need to pay attention to these things because we're all human beings and we have certain needs. And the thing that I want to remind you of is that children are children. I know that sounds silly and sort of redundant, but children are not adults. Children are children. They are not mature. They can't necessarily wrap their heads around the importance of something um, that we find very, very important. They're still learning. Their brains haven't developed. Their bodies haven't developed. So sometimes when they're doing things, uh, they mess it up. Sometimes they're clumsy. You know, there's just all these different things that play into um, into our homeschooling days and into um, how our kids are responding to the day's tasks, to the day's demands, to the homeschooling that we're trying to do. J.C. Ryle said this, we must not expect all things at once. We must remember that children are what children are, and teach them as they are able to bear. Their minds are like a lump of metal, not to be forged and made useful all at once, but by succession, a little bit at a time. Their understandings are like narrow-necked vessels, and we must pour in the wine of knowledge gradually, or much of it will be spilled and lost." 
Isn't that interesting? I love that picture. Um, Our daughter also gave me a, a really great visual picture of what it looks like to uh, really encourage a love of learning in our kids. And it, if you've ever started a campfire or a fire in the fireplace without propane and without gas, but just with kindling and newspaper and wood, you will know that you put paper down first. That's the thing that burns the easiest. Then you put some kindling down and then you put maybe another layer of paper and kindling. And then finally, you put the bigger pieces of wood on top. And the idea is that the things that are easy, easily catch fire, uh, get lit first. And that begins to grow. And as oxygen hits it, sometimes we have to blow on it a little bit. But if we blow on it too hard, we'll completely snuff it out. If we put too much big wood on top of all of that, will snuff out the fire. So do you see how that relates to learning? We want them to be pursuing a lot of the things they're interested in. We want it to be fun. We want it to be enjoyable, especially in the early years. But as that fire gets burning um, more and more readily, our kids can handle more. But we need to understand children are children. They are not adults. I had a mom write to me today, and she was talking about uh, their test results that an educator was going over uh, with her on their end-of-year testing, and she's just in her first year of homeschooling. I, I believe it was maybe a kindergartner and a fourth or fifth grader. And this educator, the children did quite well. Uh, the One of them was a, the, the reader, the fifth grader was a little bit low on the low side of reading, but he's The thing that gets me is that these kids all develop at different rates. And if he's a little bit on the low side of reading, who cares? The fact that he is reading and he loves reading and he loves being read to and he loves um, read alouds, he loves listening to audiobooks. This educator essentially told this mom she needed to stop having him listen to audiobooks because he's probably not reading along and he should be reading along. And I'm thinking, Okay, and in that process, you're going to kill his love of reading. He loves learning this way right now. He's enjoying this. Why would you change that? Why would you risk snuffing out his love of reading by changing the plan just because he's a little bit on the low side compared to whatever? I don't know what they're being compared to, the average student. It just, it just doesn't matter, you guys. You can tell, I just get fired up about this stuff. But then on top of it, this educator also told her that her kids should be taking timed tests because the world moves along quickly and they need to learn to move quickly too. And I thought, what a bunch of baloney. Why can't kids have time? Why should they have to be hurried? There is plenty of time for their brains to develop and for them to mature and take a timed test if that seems necessary way later on in high school. As long as they can handle it, by the time they get out into the real world, who cares? Why does it have to happen in kindergarten or first grade or even fifth grade? I just... It just, you guys, you can tell, I'm just on my soapbox, but I'm telling you, the bottom line is kids don't function well under stress. I don't function well under stress. 
I don't learn well when I'm not interested in a topic. I don't learn well when someone is trying to cram something down my throat, right? I'm not saying that our kids don't have to learn perseverance. I'm just saying when it comes to learning, especially in these early years, let's keep it as fun as possible and as uh, lighthearted as possible, as enjoyable as possible. So again, back to this idea of being overscheduled, overcommitted. We need to be really careful that we're not doing that. And I know that in the last podcast, I shared this, this story and this example, but I really think it bears repeating. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it again. And this is in Luke 10, 38 to 32. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details, but there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Don't you love that? Basically, what's happening here is there. this is a perfect example of what we as parents need to do. We need to go to Jesus first. We need to go to the Lord and find out from Him what He has for our family and walk in obedience to that. Because we are, as Christian parents, first called to be disciples of Christ. And then we are called to disciple our children. There is nothing wrong with the checklist, but when it replaces relationship, things start to go sideways. We lose the heart of God when we lose relationship. So Mary understood that she was a disciple of Christ first, and she took the time to listen for the good that Jesus had for her. And then she moved forward in confidence and peace. Education is discipleship, you guys. Discipleship is rooted in relationships, and relationships take time. I'm also reminded of Matthew 28 or Matthew 11:28 to 30. And I'll read this to you um, in the message translation because it's my favorite translation of this particular passage. I don't usually use the message translation, but I love the way that this is worded. And really, as I'm reading through it, I want you to be thinking about uh, some things. First of all, Jesus, when he when he uh, said this passage, he was addressing the harsh rules of religion, and you know that could feel a lot like the harsh rules of parenting or the harsh rules, quote unquote, of homeschooling. You know, you need to be in this activity. You need to make sure your kid is learning Latin. You need to make sure this is happening. You've got to be on this um, on this boat and this boat, and this curriculum is better and that curriculum is better. And you guys, we cannot do it all. I cannot tell you how many times. I had to simplify and simplify and simplify. And I remember thinking to myself, Lord, and praying, Lord, are my kids really going to have everything they need if I continue to have to simplify like this? And it was like all I could, the only place that I felt peace was to simplify. And it was like the Lord would just keep reminding me, trust me, trust me. 
do what I'm calling you to do. Do where, you know, go where the peace is, where I'm leading you, you know, to those still waters and trust me for the rest. So here Jesus is speaking um, to the, basically to the harsh rules of religion. Now I want you to be thinking about some of these harsh rules that you might be feeling about parenting and about homeschooling. And as I read this, I want you to apply Jesus' words to those things. Here's what he said. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me, and you'll recover your life. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Are you living freely and lightly when it comes to your homeschooling? Are you living in are you learning the unforced rhythms of grace? Are you allowing Jesus to help you learn to walk in unforced rhythms of grace? Are you feeling heavy and ill-fitting burdens? I'm not saying that homeschooling can't be hard sometimes. It, it takes perseverance. It takes faithfulness. It takes showing up every day. But God isn't expecting us to bear heavy and ill-fitting burdens. There's a difference. The heavy and ill-fitting burdens have no peace associated with them. But the discipline of perseverance and keeping our hand to the plow, there's an element of peace that comes with that. Yes, it's hard in a sense, but there's a peace that comes with it. And that's the difference. Jesus wants to teach us and show us how to take a real rest in the midst of being a busy mom, in the midst of homeschooling our kids. We can have hearts that are at peace. So when we're not doing that, when we're not walking in that, that can be one of the reasons we're not enjoying our kids. You guys, this whole homeschooling journey, I firmly believe God meant for us to be enjoying our kids along the way. Don't sacrifice that for performance. Remember the purpose, the reason that God has called you to this. So when we're not enjoying our kids, that is God's red flag to us that maybe we're trying to do too much or we're overscheduled or overcommitted. The second reason we can not be enjoying our kids is that our kids are pushing us or living outside the boundaries that we need to be having in our homes and with our kids. I remember this this was often the reason for me not liking my kids. I would cringe sometimes when one or several of them came in the room because I just felt like they were sucking the life out of me. And when I took the time to pray and think about it and unhurry my heart and ask God what was going on, what was really going on, because this was my red flag, to, to stop, to pause as soon as I was, was able and to ask the Lord, what is going on? What I realized is that there was maybe lots of fighting going on. There were personality clashes. Uh, maybe certain children or all of them were being kind of demanding 
I had certain kids that were more demanding than others. They wanted to run the show. They wanted to tell me how things were going to be that day. Bad attitudes, disobedience, lack of follow through. And you know what? It's natural to not like someone when they're not being likable. And I really believe that God allows this frustration for a reason to get our attention so that we pay attention to these important issues with our kids because as we're raising them, these character issues trump everything else. I can tell you having six kids graduated so far and seven of them employed, I can tell you straight up, it is not as much about what they know, but as about who they are as a person. What kind of character do they have? Are they a good team player? Do they have a strong work ethic? Good follow through? Are they timely? Are they respectful? So when these things aren't happening in our home, these are opportunities for us to work with our kids and to disciple them and to train them up in the ways of the Lord. So take time to observe how your children are walking out their days. So if you feel like you're not overcommitted, you're not overscheduled, um, and honestly, we cannot be liking our kids because of all three of these reasons I'm gonna be talking about. So it is so important to step back and to recognize that it might not be just one of these reasons. It could be the fact that we're overscheduled and our kids are pushing and living outside the needed boundaries. And again, our kids will often do that when they're stressed. They will sometimes do that when, like I said, we're overscheduled and there's just too much going on or they feel like, you know, we're not paying attention. So they're pushing the limits. Um, But one of the things I would always do is not only pray and ask the Lord, but I would sit back and sort of watch my kids throughout a morning or throughout a day. And I'd be watching how were they walking out their days. And I'd be looking for attitudes. I would be looking for, um, you know, uh, follow through. I would be looking for sibling, you know, sibling issues that were going on. Um, And usually what I would find is several different things. It could be one or two of them was stirring the pot on a regular basis. There was sibling rivalry going on, or like I mentioned before, just plain disobedience and bad attitudes towards me as their mom or towards each other. So these are things that are so important for us to pay attention to. So every time we feel that irritation, really honestly, it's an opportunity to kind of get our family back in order. Something is awry, something isn't right, and God is giving us that instinct and that irritation, and we need to pay attention to this. Um, there's a scripture in Timothy. I will put this in the podcast notes. Um, I can't remember which chapter it is, but I have the verses here. It says this, uh, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So as I'm looking through that list of things, I 
recognize that my kids sometimes exemplify this behavior. Sometimes I do too, but um, for the purposes of, of, of parenting, the parenting purposes here, I want to talk about our kids. Um, when they're living outside the boundaries, often they are doing these things. They can be boastful and proud. Uh, they can be ungrateful, disobedient to their parents. Do you notice that disobedient to their parents is listed with all these other things? Being boastful and proud and scoffing at God, considering nothing sacred, unloving, unforgiving, slandering others, having no self-control. So being disobedient to parents is listed in these other lists of sins. You guys, our kids are called to obey us, to and, and I, I know the, the culture, even I, feel myself cringing at that word. This isn't mindless obedience. This isn't behavioral management. This is deeper than this, deeper than that. It's, it's a respect. It's having a respect for your parents. It's understanding your place in the family as a child. You know, I would tell my kids often, the scripture gives a lot of direction and a lot of wisdom on how we're supposed to live our lives. But the one thing, the one main thing that it speaks to kids about is being obedient to their parents and honoring them. I would tell them, this is your main job at this point in your life. And you can trust that as I tell you what you're supposed to do, that that is actually God speaking through me, leading you and training you and teaching you. So, if you'll walk in obedience to me as the parent and honor um, your dad and me, God will honor that. God will bless that. And even if we make mistakes as parents sometimes and you choose to honor us anyway, God is going to honor that. Even if our ideas seem slightly unreasonable, I mean, obviously, we want our kids to be able to talk to us in those situations as much as possible. But again, we don't want them feeling like they're running the show because the bottom line is God has given an order of things. We are the parents. We need to keep our parental authority while remembering that our kids are still kids. They're not adults and that they are in training, that we need to love them. We need to understand when the difference between when they're being childish and when they're being foolish. There's a difference. Childishness is um, just immaturity, something that a child does because they're just not thinking or um, they haven't grown in that area yet and they're still needing um, work and training. But the other side of it, the foolishness, is when they are aware and they are choosing poorly, they are choosing to disobey, they are choosing to sin, they're choosing to do the wrong thing. And God calls us to deal with that. He calls us to address with that address that. And if we don't address that first, our homeschooling is not going to go well. And I guarantee you, you will not spend a lot of time enjoying your kids. I really believe that one of the reasons that we enjoyed our kids along the way is that we kept the boundaries intact. We were not perfect at this, but we always went back to it. We always tried to be as consistent as possible. Be on the same page with your husband if you're married. That's very, very important. If there's a discipline issue that the two of you are disagreeing on, you need to step aside, go out on a date and discuss it and come to an agreement because kids can sniff out inconsistency a mile away and they will work it. I'm telling you, they will pit one parent against the other. I don't think this is intentional. I think this is just part of their foolish, immature nature. 
But parents, we need to as much as possible be on the same page when it comes to disciplining our kids and setting the boundaries. And moms, don't forget to ask your husband what he thinks. Because my husband has given me so many great ideas along the way that I honestly didn't a lot of times ask him until I was desperate. And then when he gave me the answer, I was like, oh my goodness, that's brilliant. But my heart was open to it because I had tried everything else and nothing worked and I was open to hearing anything where before that I might not have been. And I've learned to maybe go to him a little sooner rather than letting myself get so frustrated because then my response to the kids wasn't great either. So all that to say... um. It is crucial that we remember that character training, discipline, and, and reaching the heart is, needs to trump the curriculum. One thing that I want to share with you um, that I find interesting is this passage that I just read about the difficult times and people loving only themselves and their money. And and I don't know about you, but as I read through that passage, I was also seeing what's going on in the culture around us that is not how we want to raise our kids. We don't want our kids to be exhibiting that kind of fruit, right? That's why we chose to homeschool them, right? So we need to remember that that is our, that is a uh, priority. That is a priority in our purposes as we homeschool our kids. But the interesting thing is that this passage falls in context with uh, the rest of the passage that is actually Paul talking about spiritual battles. And at first sight, it can seem like he's switching gears from the family and then going on into into spiritual battles. He goes from the family and then he talks about um, kind of a work relationship, slaves and masters, employer-employee relationship. And then he goes in and he starts talking about putting on the armor. Spiritual battles is what he's describing here. But I believe that is very, he was very, very intentional in doing that. And I believe God inspired him to do that because God knew and knows that our most powerful and effective battles will happen within the walls of our own home. You guys, that is where the greatest battle we will ever fight is happening. And I think it's easy to forget that as we get caught up in the day-to-day. And so I'm just here to remind you that you are in a spiritual battle. The enemy wants the souls of your children. The enemy wants you, wants your marriage if you're married. And we need to remember that. We need to, every day, like Mary did, go to Jesus Ask him what he has for us, what he has for our families, and walk in obedience to that. One more scripture on children obeying their parents is Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from 
the Lord. Do you hear that? Again, going to the Lord. What instruction do you have for me when it comes to my life and when it comes to my family? And our, again, our, our children's job, their main job is to obey their parents and to honor them. And I used to tell my kids, the Bible tells you that you're to honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment with a promise. And it says, if you honor them, things will go well with you. And I just would tell them the flip side is if you don't honor them, things will not go well with you. <laughs> of course, they laughed at that, but they knew it was true. So I love the scriptures, and I will leave that scripture in um, the notes as well. Now, one thing that I want to make sure that I cover is, you know, sometimes our kids are acting out because honestly, they need us. Again, I kind of can go back to that overscheduling thing. Sometimes our kids desperately just want time with us. They want to feel valued by us. They want to feel like we value them. We find them important. We find them interesting. We find them funny. We find them entertaining. Kids love that. It's part of what affirms them. It's part of what grows them in confidence. So that's another thing that we need to bear in mind. And if you're finding that you think that that may be the case, take a break, do something fun, hit the pause button. It can be as simple as planning popcorn and a movie or a trip to the park or going out for ice cream or buying ice cream and cones and having them at home. Sitting outside if it's summertime with your feet in the pool or if it's wintertime, sitting by the fire and reading, or just talking or playing a game. You guys, these are the times that we have the privilege of having with our kids because we have them at home. Let's not, let's not fritter that away by worrying that we're not keeping up, by comparing ourselves to others. Let's tie those heartstrings with our kids. And I'm telling you so much of the rest of it will take care of itself. One of the things that I would do when I felt like a child needed me or was particularly out of sorts is what I call tomato staking. You know, when you're growing a tomato plant, um, it starts to get heavy and it starts to fall over. And we need to stake it to something that's secure. So we stake it to um, a tomato stake to get it to continue to grow up straight and healthy and strong for the purpose of bearing as much fruit as possible. As Christians, when we're struggling with sin and we're feeling uh, lonely or we're feeling unaffirmed, lacking, lacking confidence and insecure, what is the best thing that we can do? It's to spend time with God. Find our affirmation from Him. Find our identity in Him. He is the one that anchors us. And we set that example for our kids when we tomato stake them. I would take a child and keep that child with me for an hour, two hours, several hours, sometimes the whole day. And the, the idea would be that that child wouldn't have anything else to do. They couldn't play with their siblings. This was especially effective if there was a lot of um, you know, fighting among siblings and there's one particular child that seems to be at the center of all of it. I would take that child to be with me. And you know, as I'm folding laundry, she or he could help me fold it. 
If I'm doing something they can help me with, great. If not, they just sat on the counter in the kitchen, where in whatever room I was in, usually it was the kitchen, they could sit on the counter, they could sit on the floor, um, but they had no toys, no books, nothing to entertain them. I would try to engage them in conversation, pleasant conversation. I didn't want them to feel like they were just going to be punished the whole time and punished by my words, but I tried to retie the uh, strings of fellowship with them by just spending time with them, but also being able to continue to do what I needed to do. And you know, nine times out of 10, I found out there was something deeper going on in their hearts that they hadn't shared with me because they just really hadn't thought it through or you know, weren't mature enough to take the time to uh, set, step, step back and have a conversation with somebody um, who cared about them. And do you see the habits that we can begin to create in our kids? The habits of um, pulling back when you realize you're not, your behavior isn't right, something is wrong, your attitude isn't, isn't right, that they begin to realize that the best thing they can do is to pull back and to think things through and maybe talk with someone who really cares about them. The other thing is we are tying these strings of fellowship that as they go into the teen years um, are vital for keeping relationship with our kids. And obviously, this is just one way that we can do that, but it worked well for me with a big household and lots of kids and so much uh, that needed to be done. It allowed me to continue to be productive and get things done while at the same time discipling our children. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there as, a, as an idea. Um, I'd also like to make some good parenting book recommendations. I'm going to be honest with you. I quit re- reading parenting books pretty early on, and I felt like going to the scripture was really my best resource. And I can honestly say that it really, really was. It helped me stay focused. It helped me listen for what God was telling me to walk out with our family. But again, a good parenting book can be so helpful. So I'm going to throw out about six of them, and I will list these in the podcast notes. Um, Don't Make Me Count to Three by Ginger Hubbard. Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. So that Shepherding a Child's Heart is sort of the heart version. Don't Make Me Count to Three by Ginger. Hubbard is, um, is kind of the practical aspect of it. So I recommend those two books, especially early on. Um, Parenting by Paul Tripp. The War of Words by Paul Tripp. If you have um, a lot of issues with words and maybe you, you live in a Maybe you grew up in a family who wasn't careful about their words, who didn't apologize for saying horrible things, and you're wondering, how in the world can I not pass that on to my kids? Um, this book really delves into the power of words. Um, so that's, that, that's a recommendation. And I want to give encouragement. Well, let me list the last one. <clears throat> it's The Disciple-Making Parent by Chat Bettis. But what I want to do right now is take just a minute And I want to encourage the parent who's a first-generation Christian and the first-generation Christian homeschooling parent, which is, I know, a lot of you out there. Maybe you came from a Christian family, but you're also, uh, this is your, you're the first generation to homeschool. I just want to say this. Don't let your fears decide how you're going to disciple and raise your kids. 
It's so easy to react to the negative ways and the negative uh, things that happen to us, the negative ways that our parents parented us. And we all have, all of us have uh, imperfect parents who made mistakes, right? So really, I could speak to every parent out there. But especially if your parents were not Christians and there were a lot of horrible things that happened in your family and you're just terrified that you're going to repeat some of that, um, I want to speak life into you right now. And I want you to know, and I believe God wants you to know that He is your Redeemer. He can take those things that Satan meant for evil in your life and he can turn around and use them for good. Yes, you can learn from them. Don't react to them, but respond biblically to them. Find out the truth, what God says in his word about the specific things that you're concerned about and the specific ways that you don't want to repeat parenting your children. I'm telling you, He is the great Redeemer, and He can do great and will do great and mighty things in your heart and in your parenting and in your homeschooling as you come to Him first. Come to Him first. Understand the good that He has for you and walk in courageous obedience to it. I'm going to go back to that last verse that I read in in Ephesians uh, 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So talking about the three reasons we might not be enjoying our kids. First one, we're overscheduled. Second one, our kids are not um, living within the boundaries that they should be, or they're needy and we need to pay attention and give them some time and really focus on discipleship. The third reason can be that we need an attitude adjustment. So in mentioning that verse about not provoking our children to anger by the way we treat them, uh, sometimes it's true. We need an attitude adjustment When we step back and we realize that this is the case, I believe God can give us a fresh perspective. I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned and one of the greatest principles that I went back to over and over and over again when I felt like I needed an attitude adjustment and these kids were really an obstacle to what needed to get done during the day. I went back to the truth of God's word, which says that children are a blessing. Some of you know this story that when uh, my husband and I had three kids, uh, he was going to uh, get a vasectomy. And I was praying and asking God to work in his heart because I didn't feel done having kids, but I did not want him to resent having more kids. So I was really praying a lot. And he talked to several people that he respected. And then he finally decided, you know what? I just need to go to God's word and find out what does God say about children? And what he found out was that God says children are a blessing over and over and over and over again. Our culture tells us that they're an obstacle, that they're a burden. And the strange thing is, our culture actually does two things. Tells us that they're an obstacle or a burden, 
and they really get in the way of what we really should be doing or really want to be doing. And the flip side is they make children an idol where our everything in our life has to revolve around these children. And, um, and it's, it, both of them are equally wrong. God says they are a blessing. And so when I wasn't liking my children, and I thought about this truth, that God says they are a blessing, I thought, hmm, how are my kids a blessing in this situation? And what I found as I thought through that principle was that God is using them to sanctify me. God is using them to make me more like Him, more patient, more loving, more gracious. I'm understanding more and more the grace that I need to be the parent that God has called me to be. I'm depending more on God. God is disciplining me through being a parent. God is discipling me as I disciple my children. Wow. Do you know what the Bible has to say about discipline? It says, as you endure this divine discipline or training, so God, God is talking about, uh, before this it says, uh, I'm trying to remember this passage, I didn't put the whole thing down, but it basically said, you know, uh, consider hardship as discipline. For God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? But every child undergoes discipline, right? So I'm going to read it to you in a little different translation. As you endure this divine discipline, and when you think of discipline, think of training. You know, it's like you're training for a sporting event. You're training for a run. You're training in the military, It's repetition. It's over and over and over again. It's building a strength. It's working those muscles. It's painful. It hurts. It's work. It takes perseverance. That's the kind of training. This is divine training. This is for eternity, you guys. So here's what it says. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you're illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit, and I want to use the word yield, even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? So God is training us as we train our children. God is discipling us as we disciple our children. God is disciplining us as we discipline our children. And those are the ways, our ch- those are some of the ways that our children are a blessing. So this attitude adjustment needs to center around the truth of God's word. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. So this attitude adjustment that we need needs to center around the truth of God's word. And one of those truths, I just mentioned one, there are many more in the scriptures. It says that God says that children are a blessing. So that scripture that I just read to you, talking about how we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit or yield even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits, and live forever. For our fathers disciplined us for a few years 
doing the best they know how. That's what we're called to, parents. Do you hear that? We're not expected to be perfect. God says right here, earthly fathers or earthly parents discipline their kids for a few years, doing the best that we know how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained this way. Don't you love that? So this applies to us disciplining our kids and God disciplining us. He uses our role as parents to sanctify us. He will stretch our limits and show us that in our weakness, He is made strong. I used to tell Daryl, my husband, that it would only be by the grace of God that these kids would turn out okay. That was on those really, really, really hard days where I felt like I just messed up over and over again. But praise God for His grace. His grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And desperation is what encourages us to run to the Lord and to His Word. I love that. The one thing that I don't think that I mentioned is... um, this attitude adjustment can be spiritual, but it can also be um, an adjustment an adjustment that needs to be made by getting some rest of some sort, by taking a break, by doing something we enjoy. We expect a lot out of ourselves as moms, and I think there's always just this fine line between self-pity and feeling sorry for ourselves and being disciplined and pressing forward. And, and it's a fine line of knowing when to press on, when God is asking us to persevere, and when we need to pull back and and let ourselves have a rest um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We need to be refreshed because you know what? We're people too. And we can't, um, people say you can't give out what you don't have, which is true. But that almost lends itself to a, uh, the thinking of self-helpism. Well, if I, if I fill myself with enough of the right things, then I'll have the right things to give to my kids. And in a sense, that's true too. But here's the thing. God will sometimes call us to do much more than we ever thought we could do. And in the moment, we may feel unable, incapable. But God, God can strengthen us and give us what we need to do what he's put in front of us to do. You will see God work in supernatural ways in your own lives as you're raising and homeschooling these kids. Recently, I've been reading a book. Well, I finished it, and I'm rereading it. It's called It's Time to Pray by Carter Conlon. And he talks about this. He says, you will never rely on the supernatural until the natural ends. In other words, until you come to the end of yourself, your skills, your schemes, and your manipulation of circumstances, circumstances, you will not experience the power of God working out the impossible in your life. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit relying on, on and trusting God's word and communicating with him through prayer rather than trying to live out our faith in the natural, in other words, in our own strength. The Lord does not withhold his spirit from us. He wants to work in and through our lives, but too often we forfeit his hand upon us because we are dead to prayer, dead to his work, his word, and lacking in faith. Moms, God wants to grow us in faith. And believe it or not, he's going to use those times when your kids are driving you crazy to do just that. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you give us principles to walk by. But you also give us the specifics of what that's going to look like, how we're going to walk out that principle in our lives. You do that by your Holy Spirit and through your word as we seek your heart. Lord, every family is uniquely different. Lord, let us never forget that. And let us embrace uh, the uniquenesses of our own family, Father, and serve our family well and serve you well as we love our families, as we raise our kids, as we discipline them, as we disciple them, Lord, as we seek your heart when they're driving us crazy. Lord, we thank you for these blessings. We thank you that you say that our children are a blessing. And because you say they are a blessing, we say they are a blessing. Lord, um, open our eyes. Help us to see the ways that they are a blessing. Open our eyes. Help us to see the truths of your word as we walk out this life with our kids and with our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.